This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. greatest running podcast in the world peak too early i am one of your hosts steve gendron and i am once again joined by mike gendron who is somewhere off the coast of connecticut mike how's it going steve it is good to be back in the podcast it has been way too long uh it it just feels right again uh usually at this time when we're recording the podcast i'm drinking a nice cold miller light not this morning, Steve. I'm drinking some hot coffee because we're rising, we're grinding at six in the morning before work to get this podcast done. And uh, I'm feeling great. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've been doing this podcast. We're coming on four months. All four of all three of us lead very different lives with very different types of jobs that may, that uh, force us to travel quite a bit. So scheduling times to record is not not easy. It is 6 a.m. So we're, we're grinding. We'll get it done. Um, and not at the House of Sav, it is actually 5 a.m. for Trent Fontanella. Trent, it looks like you're uh, you're having a hard time over there. What, what's going on? Boys, I am an absolute hot mess right now. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, the fact that I slowed this podcast down about a half hour this morning based on my inability to figure out time zones, uh, my Wi-Fi trouble, my computer trouble, my headphones trouble, um, but... I kept the tradition of having a drink with every podcast unintentionally because I swear to God, I just had a sip of whiskey thinking it was water, not realizing that someone <laughs> didn't finish their drink and left out a cup next to me. So I thought I was hydrating. I'm actually just getting my buzz on. Um, got Gotta love the peak too early life. And Steve, I, think we, I think we have that on video. That that actually happened. Mike and I almost started dying laughing during Mike's intro because we saw Trent pick up a glass, take a sip, and just like realize in real time that he wasn't drinking water. Oh my god, I haven't done that since like college. Just like leave out drinks, but I'm so just like out of it right now that I saw a drink. Didn't even check the color of it. Assumed it had to have been water because I leave cups of water everywhere. I'm the guy that's got 15 cups of water everywhere. Um, but no, it was whiskey. So good morning, America. Here we go, <laughs> Steve. So every good podcast needs a uh, a good rival, and I would say our rival is technology. Um, <laughs> and we pretty much lose ten out of ten times. So yeah, yeah. keep keeping traditions going. We yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, hey guys, uh, we apologize to the listeners. We weren't able to get on an episode last week, but we have a, we have a packed episode for you today this is going to be an awesome one we are going to recap the ncaa outdoor track championships we are going to recap our uh our little uh you know fantasy track and field game that we have and we are going to recap our fantasy track and field game find out who the winner was there was uh, a clear-cut runaway winner with that game so we will get to that and we also have from the University of Wisconsin. He's part of the Australia contingent uh, in, at University of Wisconsin, Oliver Hoare. Um, so I actually wasn't there for it. I'm really excited to hear about that interview. He did it with, with Trent and Mike, so we'll get to that. But guys, 
Um, this was a this was a pretty uh, fun NCAA championships. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, you know, because of our schedules, we weren't able to get together and watch it like we had hoped. Um, but let's start by breaking it down. I want to go in reverse order of di- or I want to go longest event to shortest event. So we'll kind of uh, quickly go through each event and just kind of recap our guys that we picked in each event and if we had any had any notes about it. Um, but starting off with the 10K. Um, 10K on Wednesday night championship. On the, so the 10K finals, there was no prelims, obviously, but they did that on, on Wednesday night. Um, pretty interesting race how it shaped out. Um, BYU all over the place. What a, what a, what a great night for, for BYU. Um, but a, a pretty interesting race on Wednesday night. Yeah, your point, Steve, uh, the BYU contingent up front, it was kind of like watching a cross-country race for a bit. You had the Coastal Carolina dudes leading it out front. You had BYU, like, handing cups of water to each other. It was just like a full team event out there. Um, a little bit different than, than your normal your normal track event, but it was it was kind of fun to watch everybody just working together. And there was a couple of Colorado guys, a couple of Alabama guys. Um, cool to see the teamwork out there. Yeah, so I'm doing the – I'm counting it up right now. So we had – um, obviously, Clayton won, Clayton Young was the winner with 29-16 from BYU. BYU had Connor McMillan, three. Had They had uh, Connor Mance, four. They had uh, uh, Rory, uh, what's his name, Linkletter uh, at 15. And they had Connor Weaver. Jeez, enough Connors, BYU. Man, um, at number 23. I mean, and a Farnsworth that, that- at number 21. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Connor is like the most BYU name in the world, Steve. I mean, let's be I don't honest. Know. I think Clayton is. Yeah, well, Clayton Connor. <laughs> I mean, that they they fit the bill perfectly. So I'd say, um, if your name's Clayton or Connor, you're at least getting a half scholarship to BYU. Yeah, and was that the video of the clip? That was the of the coach in the stands. That was the yeah. uh, that was the BYU coach, right? Yeah. So I was gonna say you're burying the lead here, Steve, because. <laughs> the, there was nothing more exciting about the 10K. We talk about the 10K. You know, it can be a tough event to watch sometimes. But that BYU coach, and I'll, I'll drop the uh, audio in right here. Unbelievable, electric. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, you can make fun of that guy. You can make, but like, that's me at a track meet, unfortunately. So I, I respect the hell out of the guy. No, I mean he's actually getting made fun of all of the internet. I love that guy. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Best. And if I, if I had, you know, five, six guys in, in the, in the final, if I had coached five guys to the NCAA, you know, national championship finals in the 10K, I'd be doing the same exact thing. You know, one of my athletes won. I'd be, I'd be right there with him. So um, I'm not making fun of the guy. I think that's awesome. I like his coach. I like his coaching style. He literally just takes all his best kids and he's like, you know what? You're gonna do the suckiest event no matter what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're not special in 5K. There's no, there's no steeplechase studs. I mean, they do have a good guys in other races, but basically, if you go to BYU, you have to like, you know, thrive and train. It sounds like for, uh, you know, the shittiest event in the 10K. Not that I don't want to say that, but. The one that a lot of people are less excited about, especially as an athlete. So love, love the strategy. Just stockpile the 10K and make it a little little dynasty there. Well, again, not to keep crapping on BYU, but, I mean, BYU, 10K, where else are they going to go with it, Trent? I mean. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. 
Um, so Trent, your boy all day, Tyler Day, with a very solid six place, six place, Take it. six place finish. Um, so that was that was a nice little finish for you. That was a nice low score in the 10K. Paul Hogan from UMass Lowell with an 11th place finish. And then Mike. Steve, I didn't. I didn't have anybody in the 10K. Let's move on. Uh, let me hold. On. Let me check the. Let me check the receipts. Let me check the text message. Mike with Lawrence Kipocek. Whoa! With a last place finish in the 10K at 31:20 with the putting up a 24 spot for your boy Mike. Yeah. Not um, not a great pick, Mike. You went. You went purely on the name there. There was no research. You just saw. You just saw this guy with a with a Kenyan last name. You're like, I gotta listen, pick that listen. guy. Okay, there was a little bit. Okay, he's from Liberty. They got a, a solid distance program. He had great PRs, and I thought, you know, he wasn't a favorite to win, but he was in the mix, and I thought if anybody's going to shock the world, and he certainly did shock the world. Um, <laughs> I think if you had Trent Fontanella out on the track that day, I might, you might have a better chance of uh, beating my boy Lawrence. It was pathetic. It made it pretty much impossible to follow and watch the 10K for the entire, you know, 28 minutes of it. He was terrible. Oh, I'll never pick him again. I'll never make that mistake again. Was 31 that? minutes. 31 oh, yeah. minutes. Not 31 for some people. By the yeah. time they went to commercials, by the time my guy was finished. so. <laughs> well, if we're being honest, though, he's probably injured, right? I mean, like, it's tough It's it's tough to knock the guy. Um, you know, he's not, he's not a 30-minute-plus 10K runner. The fact that he was out there on the track probably battling through some sort of injury, or maybe it was just the heat or whatever. But, um, yeah, tough day for Lawrence, for sure. Dude, you know what I'm looking at right now, which is crazy, is the NCAA D1 championship record holder in the 10K, like the, the meat record, is a guy from Texas, El Paso, my number one worst running destination. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's a reason that guy's stud. He just breathed <laughs> dust all day. It made him a machine. So um, shout out to Suleiman Niamboya from El Paso, 1979. Uh, Holy crap. All right, let's move on to the 3K steeplechase. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this, Mike. I know you watched a replay of it. Um, Trent, I don't know if you saw this, but on the ESPN broadcast, right before they went to the steeplechase, like they before they cut away to break, saying we got the steeplechase coming up, they ran like a sizzle reel, like a highlight reel of people just – falling on their face and just completely eating shit on the on like the on the barriers and like I was watching it and they were like next up we have the men's 3k steeplechase and they just cut to this like clip I have it on my phone I'll send it to you guys of just people just falling over the barrier falling on their face and I just like I laughed out loud I was like what is going on right now this is hilarious um but you know what? The sizzle reel lived up to the hype. There was a lot of people that a lot of people that fell out there. Um, in the final lap, your your winner, Stephen Fahey, uh, fell on the last barrier down the home stretch. Still pu- got up and pulled it together for the win at 8:38. But um, the second place finisher, um, Ryan, I think it, what's his last name, um, Cementon. Um, from Oklahoma State, who ran 8:39, he fell on the second-to-last barrier, and that kind of played a big role in him not being in contention um, down the home stretch for the win. But all in all, a pretty exciting race. Um, you guys got any any notes on the on the on the steeplechase? Yeah, I don't really understand the steeplechase. I never have. I've never really understood why it's an event in track. I'm not saying I don't like it. I think it's one of those <laughs> badass events in the sport, but I just don't understand it. 
But exactly what you're talking about, Steve, people falling into water pits and just splashing all over the place and just, I mean, that's what it's all about. I remember um, our buddy Boomer, his dad used to come to the track meets and just sit around, wait for the steeplechase. And then as soon as it come up, he'd get all giddy, giddy and just go sit by the water pit and just wait for somebody to fall and laugh at them. <laughs> like that was just like his thing. And uh, I, I mean, to me, that's what the steeplechase will always be about. I have I have memories of sitting in our coach's office and watching a highlight of pole vault fails and steeplechase fails. It's if you want to get someone that's not in a track and field into track and field, just have them sit next to the pole vault and then watch the steeplechase and hope for a fall. And we had plenty of falls in here, so I would say it was a successful day. <laughs> well, I was just I was thinking about it and like the sizzle reel that I'm talking about of people falling. That would be like if they were hyping up an NFL football game by just sewing like bloopers. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, come on. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty funny. Um, anyways, let's get to the scoring on this one. Um, Trent, uh, you were, I believe you were the winner again. Oh, actually, no, Mike, you had, uh, uh, Clay, uh, what was his name? Clayson Shumway. Shumway. Yeah, of course. Shumway. You don't know Clayson Shumway. Clayson Shunway with a 10th place finish, getting you a, a, a 10 spot there in the steeplechase. Trent, you had uh, Kenneth Rooks with a with an 11th place finish. And then my guy, Ed Trippas, finished last. Um, so uh, he had the fastest time coming into the national championship. So obviously he must have been injured or something. So because, well, he actually didn't even make the final, so he put up a, a 15 for me. I actually lucked out that there was a prelims in that, or he would have been, he would have been even lower. Um, but, yeah, not, not a great showing for, for Ed, but, uh, you know, like I said, probably Andrew should have done more research on that. Not a great showing for any of us. We couldn't even no. get anybody in, like, scoring. Yeah. Poor job, yeah. guys. Well, the, the steeplechase is such a weird event like that where it's like the steeplechase athletes, like, I have a lot of respect. I, I don't want I don't want what I'm about to say to, to come off as like I'm disrespecting steeplechase athletes because I'm not because it's an awesome event. It's a very difficult event. But steeplechases, you kind of get the people kind of that aren't. So if they're not going to compete at the highest level in the 5K or the 1500 meters, they kind of gravitate. But they're still a great runner, great athlete. They want a shot at a national championship. I think they tend to gravitate towards the steeplechase. Um so, like, it's a different type of athlete, and it's one of those races where it's wide open. It's very difficult to predict. Anybody anybody can be competitive at the NCAA, um, uh, you know, national championships in the in the 3K, just because it's such a such a mixed group of athletes. Yeah, agreed. And, um, you know, shout out to me for being the steeplechase peak too early champion. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, picking my boy Clayson and... Um, to my point earlier, what, Trent, what school do you think Clayson Shumway is from? Dude, it's obvious Clayson is from BYU. We talk yeah. about BYU names. Clayson is I, a BYU I, name. I think he went there and saw that there was like too many Claytons already. And he was like, oh, man, I got to change my name. I got to change it up a little bit to Clayson. I got to differentiate myself. So shout out Clayson. Good for you. Have any of have, have any of us run a, a steeplechase? God, no. Trent, yeah. you seem like a steeplechaser. Steeplechasers are some of like the craziest people I've ever met. It's a badass event. It is. But, I don't have the um, hips for that. No, I'm meant to stay very, very low to the ground. All right. Moving on here. 
Um, so it's early. It's uh, it's 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 before seven a.m. Um, so I said I was gonna go longest to shortest, and I'm now realizing that the five k is actually way longer than the three k. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I I noticed you did that, and I was wondering <laughs> if you did that because you knew that I was gonna win that event as well. I think you forgot that I won the three k steeple, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna skip the five k because I know Mike's a champion in that. But you know, you you screwed up there. Did I did moving on to the moving on to the five k, an electric event. I mean, there's uh, Morgan McDonald running away with this. I mean, it, was there ever was there ever a doubt that he was he was going to take that? I mean, you gotta. I mean, it, it was it was an awesome event to watch, and you know, coming down the the into the into the home stretch on that last lap, you knew that like there's nobody that can compete with Morgan's kick. Um, so, uh, Mike taking a, taking a first place on that. Um, you know, you were, you were, you got the first overall draft pick. I think anybody in their right mind would have taken Morgan McDonald there. Yeah. And you know, there's some people out there who, you know, some of the best track athletes in the world and they put up these crazy times and do these crazy things. The thing I love most about Morgan is like the guy is just a winner. It seems like he doesn't care about, you know, breaking time records, doing that. He wants to get on the track and he wants to win championships and he always sets himself up to do that. He runs the perfect race to set him up to do that. And uh, a guy just time after time and time again this year, he's been the champion. And um, I just want to throw something out there, Steve. Go for I, it. I think if you want to be an NCAA champion, we've cracked the, the secret code here. Come on the Peak Too Early podcast, okay? That's great. Because, because, listen, I reached out to Morgan McDonald. He very willingly came on the podcast, and all of a sudden, he's a champion. Uh, some other people in the 5K I reached out to, not going to name any names, Grant Fisher, didn't come on the podcast, not an NCAA champion, championship maker right here. And I think we'll get a little bit more into that when we get to the 800. Morgan's our guy. Like, like we we said it after indoors. We were like, we he was actually the first person we ever reached out out to. We jokingly started like tweeting at him, being like, Morgan, come on the pod. And we the next episode we said, what if we get Morgan McDonald on the pod? And we didn't think that was a possibility. But uh, he actually got back to us and he came on and it was an awesome interview. So it's like we are huge. We're we're like I'm a I'm a Wisconsin Badger fan now. I'm a Mc, Morgan McDonald fan. Like I even though I, I I wasn't able to pick him in this uh this little game we're we're playing here. Um, I was I was you know going like crazy for Morgan. Yeah, what I'm not is a Mike Gendron track and field fan. <laughs> so it's tough when he has Morgan and your your uh, rooting interests are so conflicted. But. Uh... Still, still go, Morgan. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up. I had save a picture with the, um, with the times from the final lap. It was like low fifties um, that they all ran, and it's like, you know, Grant Fisher, you know, took the lead, kind of going to that final lap. And I was just thinking after that race, it's like, no matter what time is going to be run for that last lap. Morgan McDonald's probably going to win. He just has that good a kick. And it's just like, right. you know, what if they had gone like 48, 49? I still, I still think he would have won just because he's like that good coming down the home stretch. Yeah, just a winner. Um, so uh, Mike had, uh, had Morgan McDonald with a first place finish. So he gets one point for that. Um, Trent, you had Clayton Young. I wonder what school he goes to um, with a sixth place finish. So getting you six points. And uh, for me, I stayed away from the 5K just because uh, I didn't want any any rooting against any any rooting interest against my boy uh, 
um, uh, Morgan McDonald. So um, the 5K didn't affect me, but but great race. Um, well, hold know, on, Steve. Credit credit to me for bringing this up because I could have let you skip right over it. I also had Cooper Tier from oh, uh, from Oregon. And the only reason I bring it up, because I should have just let you forget about it, because it was another terrible pick. He didn't even make the finals. But the reason I bring it up is because in the past, I have denounced the city of Seattle. And then I went on further to denounce the entire state of Washington. I am hereby <laughs> denouncing the entire Pacific Northwest. They are dead to me. I no longer want anything to do with the Pacific Northwest. That's it. Mike Gendron is anti-Pacific Northwest. <laughs> so Cooper T are getting Mike uh, a 15 spot, you know, uh, in the, in the 5k there. So, uh, not a great showing, not a great showing for Oregon. Um, but anyways, awesome race, you know, Morgan, he, uh, he, he's gotta be the, he's gotta be the leader in the clubhouse for the, for the Bowerman award, which is essentially the, you know, the track and fields, um, uh, Heisman trophy. So, um, four national championships for him and, um, overall cross country win, Two uh, and indoor for the 3K, 5K, and now the 5K outdoor. Dude's just a beast. He's the baddest man in the sport by far. So um, awesome job, Morgan. Moving on here, uh, we are going to go to the 1500. And uh, this was this was an exciting race. Um, we had our boy Ollie in there who, um, you know, credit to Ollie. He, he didn't win. He got a – Ollie got a uh, fourth-place finish. Um, credit to him. He he didn't win, but you know, Ollie made the race, and like that's what I love about watching Ollie out there is like he's not afraid to take the lead. I mean, we talk about it all the time, where it's like the mile fifteen hundred should be the premier, most exciting, like gutsy event in the sport of track and field. But it turns into like this sit and kick thing, sit and kick race, where it just comes down to like who's got the fastest kick down the home stretch. Um, so he made the race. Um, another guy won it. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but do you guys have any thoughts on the, on the 1500? Yeah, Steve, I mean, I was going to bring up a sub point and me and Trent talked to Ollie about that thing and later in the podcast and, you know, he feels the same way. He feels like this sport should not be a sit and kick sport. It should be, uh, going out there grinding. So it was fun to watch him. Obviously I was rooting for him. I knew he was coming up on the podcast. Um, and now after interviewing and talking to him, he's like, one of my favorite athletes in the country. He's just the absolute man. Uh, so I'm even more bummed for him now that he didn't win. But the good news is he's only a junior, so he's coming back next year. And uh, we got a whole nother year of uh, rooting for my boy, Ollie. Yeah, I just feel like we did him a disservice by not having him on the pod before the national championship. I know. Obviously, that would have gave him the W. That's well, true. Ah, well, now that he's on the pod, I'm thinking he's going he's gonna to have a big senior year. I mean, he's just, he I'd got to say so. He got the P2E bump kind of going into his in his into his senior year. So um yeah, it wasn't meant to be this year, but um so uh Ollie got got a fourth place for Trent. Um Mike, you had Bill Paulson who got you a fifth place finish. Um I had two guys in the in the fifteen hundred. Um Carlos Villarreal, who was my first overall pick, he came into the national championship with the fastest time. <laughs> in NCAAs leading up to this point, he didn't even make the finals. So he got cut in the prelims, and he got me a 15th place. But I got the W with my guy, Yared Nagus is loose, um, taking home the win with a, uh, a 341. Um, and uh, he's just got a vicious kick out there. You know, I, I'm kind of torn on this because 
uh, I got the win. He's gotten me two wins now in this, you know, one for indoor and one for outdoor. Um, but he's kind of like the epitome of everything we're talking about where he's just got, he's got a nasty kick and he's just going to sit and wait until the end. Um, so, uh, so your, your goose got me the win from Notre Dame, Trent. Yeah. I really hate to see it. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my two takeaways are my guy, Bill Paulson. I took him in indoor as well. Um, and it's unfortunate that he's a senior cause he is just Mr. Consistency. He was fifth place in indoor fifth place in outdoor. You guarantee you he's getting you a top five spot every time. Just absolute Mr. Consistency. I love my man, Bill Paulson. Um, and then Trent, Yared Nagoose is only a sophomore. Yeah. This this stinks for you because you had this take <laughs> so early and often, and I have a bad feeling that for the next two years, this guy is just going to terrorize you. <laughs> next year, we got Ollie coming in as a senior. We already talked about that P2E bump. We're never going to have Nagoose on, um, so we, uh, we're fine. Or we'll meet him <laughs> next year, and then someone else will rise up, and, and they'll take him down. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so we stay tuned. We got we got Ollie on for his interview as soon as we're done our NCAA recap. We got one more event here to talk about, and it is the 800 meters. And this was a big event for us boys because we had Bryce Hopple on uh, uh, our last episode. And watching him, you know, having him win as his episodes coming out would have been huge for us. So I was standing, I was standing up at the TV watching it, losing my mind, um, you know, Bryce taking it home. I mean, the guys, guys got 19 straight wins. Uh, unbelievable finish for for our guy Bryce Hopple. Um, you know, it was a fun race to watch. Um, couple things. Uh, he outkicked. He owns Devin Dixon. Like he just, he just got his number. Um, coming into the last into the last turn, Devin Dixon swings out wide and just gave Bryce Hopple the inside lane. Did you guys notice this? Yeah, he, guys, like, what What are you doing, dude? Like, you, he just, on the last turn, okay, it, it, everybody, you know, if, if you've run one season of track in your life, you know that on the turns, you know, you if you stay in the first lane, it's a shorter distance to run, okay? And I get that, you, you know, strategically, as you come out of the turn, you might want to swing a little bit wide to block somebody who's trying to come up on the outside of the kick. He swung wide, like, before he was even halfway through the turn, and he just gave Bryce the inside lane. Like, listen, you know, I had picked Devin De- uh, uh, Devin Dixon to to, to win here because um, you know I wanted a, I needed a second place. I needed I needed a low score, um, but I was rooting for our guy Bryce to win, obviously. But he swung wide, and I'm just like sitting there watching. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, so, how can you make a mistake like that in the in the national championship? So, Steve, there's. Pretty much no question in my mind that Devin Dixon is the most talented 800 meter runner in the country in college. Like that, I just I firmly believe that. But we talked about it with my guy Morgan, and now we're talking with Bryce. Bryce is just a winner. Dixon is all the talent in the world, but Bryce is a winner. And again, he is just going to go out there and set him up to win every single race. Or I just don't think Dixon has that. I don't know that uh, mentality. I don't know if the mentality is the right word, but he did, he doesn't have that gene. I guess like you know that something different about him that when he steps on the track, he's he's gonna win, and everybody in the world knows he's gonna win. Bryce has that, and yeah, it's just like it, it was almost like coming down that home stretch. Dixon was like, well, I know Bryce is coming. I know he's gonna beat me. So here it is. And also shout out to my last point. Tried to get uh, 
Bryce Hopper on the podcast. He happily came on. Tried to get my boy Devin Dixon on the podcast. Didn't come on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I think we found the magic sauce. Yep. You think you think Dixon's in the bag with Hopple? You think Hopple's like, hey man, <laughs> you know, a little something, I mean, something for you. Let me come by you again. I think I think I think Dixon must have picked Bryce Hopple in his in his <laughs> track and field fantasy pool. That's what I was thinking when he's coming down the home. Just like, what the hell are you doing? So, um, like we said, you know, Trent, you got a first place finish for your boy Bryce. You, you, you snagged him up in the first round. I got a I got a I put up a two spot on on Dixon. And Mike, you didn't have any 800 meter runners, so I was uh, I was way too invested in Bryce. I yeah, couldn't pick anybody else. For sure, I totally get that. So wrapping it up here to 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 put a, a bow on this, um, Mike is is at the back of the pack with the uh, 55 points here. So um, not a not a great day for Mike. Um, to be honest, not a great day for me either. I got I got 44 points in second place. <laughs> Um, my two, my my two of my first picks both didn't make the final, so that really screwed me. And Trent, you you ran away with this one with with twenty eight points. So congratulations, Trent! You got the uh, you got the the outdoor championship uh, crown. So boys, what a story! I mean, coming <laughs> from my indoor performance to bounce back like this in outdoors, never count me out. I'm a sav, and I'm gonna continue uh, my hot streak now. This is just the start. This is the start of my Bryce Hopple streak. So this is one uh, I can't wait till next. I'm just gonna keep rolling and and Bryce's streak. I'm coming for you. And so before we queue up the uh, the interview with Ollie, there is something I need to say. We're finally done with this running around in circles crap, boys. Because we have the – it is officially – it is officially time for the greatest season in all of running. It is time to start preparing for cross country, okay? Because if you thought that we were having fun during, during indoor track and outdoor track, we just kind of put up with that because we have to. All three of us, we're cross country guys. And we we're we're gonna be we're gonna be preparing for 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 cross country coming up next. You know, as uh, as Phil Maya used to say, they just they just hand out the trophies in the in the winter and the fall. Um, they're one during the summer, so um, I'm pumped for cross country. So yeah, so uh, guys, I wasn't able to to join you for our, for our interview with uh, with Ollie, but it sounds like uh, you had a lot of fun with him. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, Steve, when we got on the Skype interview. Trent is wearing nothing but a bathrobe and he's got it like buttoned down and just looking like an absolute clown. And I was a little bit nervous about it, but Ollie embraced it immediately, found nothing weird about it, just was joking around with us, having a good time. It felt like we were, you know, on a run with our boy, just like absolutely shooting the shit, having a great time. Ollie is the man. Uh, He needs to come back on. Like he just embraces the jokes. He gets it. Like he gets what we were doing here. And I, I, awesome interview. I had so much fun with him. Yeah, when you have a bathroom in your hotel, you you have to wear it. Uh, <laughs> and so I wore a bathroom, and and it was great. And, and we even were talking about a uh, lack of clothes uh, for a good part of the, the interview. So everybody's going to enjoy this. We spent awesome. way too much time talking about shower time. Like literally, way too much time. <laughs> Not enough time, if you ask me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking forward to listening to it. So let let's get into it. All right, we are happy to welcome the 2018 national champion in the 1500 meter, an eight-time All-American. The University of Wisconsin and the great country of Australia, 
Ollie Orr, welcome to Peak Too Early. All right, so I got to get right down to the nitty-gritty questions. Like, let's get to it right away, wasting no time. So what kind of nicknames do you get from that last name? Like, let's let's run down a couple of them. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Um, I get, like, I mean, the classic one from high school, a lot of my Aussie mates, uh, they used to call me uh, Horback. Oh, yeah. Um, or there's just pretty much Hori, or that's pretty much, like, and then it's just Ollie, or... Yeah, Hori and Hallbag are the big two ones that I they get called a lot back home. So, like, I'm scared to bring any of my. I think Horbag's home. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah Horbag. I think yeah, that's the I'm, one. I think I'm scared of that because, like, if I want to bring some like some boys like from America home just to hang out, and then my mates just come over and start calling me Hallbag, it's just gonna change everything. <laughs> like, I'm never gonna be the same in the locker room ever again. It'll be nuts. So, yeah, that's the big one. Hallbag's a big uh, big nickname that they use. I gotta. Say I love uh, I love that you call your boys your mates. I uh, I kind of want to take that away from this conversation and just call like Mike and Steve my mates on the peak to yeah, early yeah. podcast. It's great. <laughs> now, are you you said Ollie or Oliver? What do you prefer? What do you go by? Because uh, that's another thing that I have fun with when I pick um, you in our drafts. I think with my I think Ollie's pretty good. Like it's just short and sweet, you know. Oliver's a bit too much. It's too uh, it's too posh. It's too like it's too. Long, I think. Ollie's a good. Ollie Hall is perfect. That's probably what I would say. If you're going to draft me, Ollie Hall is just fine like that. (laughs) So, Ollie, um, all of our, I'm sure all of our loyal listeners know that earlier in the season, a couple months ago, we had your teammate, Morgan McDonald, on the show. He's a a fellow Australian. And I guess guess what I want to know is just from this short time that me and you have talked, your yeah. accent is way freaking cooler than his. Does he get jealous <laughs> that your Australian accent is like just a little bit better than his? Oh no, I can't believe you brought that up. Um, yeah, like <laughs> he, um, I kind of gave him a bit of slack uh, coming in. Like he sounded American, he sounded Australian. He didn't, he just sounded on you. Like he didn't sound as a hardcore Australian as I thought he would. And uh, coming in, he's just had that very monotone like accent, and his accents pretty cool but it's not as strong and as thick as i thought it would be um i think he's been a little bit americanized but there's little yeah. little hints of the accent here and there for him but he's starting to lose and i think he knows that so yeah man i think like between your accent and you know he's trying to challenge you with his beard and hair game but he's falling short in that too like uh, man he he must uh, have some serious self-confidence issues with with you just just trouncing around all over the track looking like that um man living I, like i live with him so i'm his room like we're roommates and uh tell you what you feel the tension, you feel the tension. <laughs> nah he's it's pretty fun to like like because we're kind of growing our beards out for uh for nationals and like growing our hair out and just going a bit wild with it and giving that kind of wild australian look and i kind of give him shit for the accent and he gives me crap for the uh for the the beard that's kind of ginger um <laughs> so that, uh yeah no nah, it's a bit of fun yeah a bit of banter between between the fellas between the mates i want to i want to stick on the excuse me i want to stick on the hair topic for a minute because i was breaking down your your team picks that appear to happen you know every year and your freshman year you got the shaved head sophomore year shaved head and and then junior year you come in you got these thick rimmed glasses you've got this just suave haircut looking just like fly af i mean when did this transformation happen how did you look so good uh, <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> I think for me, like, 
I went with a shaved head because I thought, like, you know, like, not not to go so much with the Britney Spears look, but trying to go like, all right, let's <laughs> let's clean let's clean up the head and like give it the kind of you know Conor McGregor vibe. Let's, let's hit down uh, freshman year, sophomore year, and go hard. And then uh, junior year, um, I was kind of coming from a very relaxed, very chill, like kind of you know situation. And um, I think for me, I just grew out my hair and the beard, and then I. I put my glasses on and I thought, you know what, I, I'll, I'll go for this new look. I want to kind of look a bit more schwabbed and educated after two years of college, even though that's probably not true. But, you know, I just, I think for me, the look definitely came from uh, uh, growing the hair out and getting the beard going from, from Morgan a little bit, but also just like looking more like mature, going through the ranks of, uh, of the Wisconsin, you know, a couple, mm-hmm. of, couple of years past. I did like the shaved head though. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty funny. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that again, but apparently I scared the freshman a little bit, so <laughs> I might have to be a bit careful with that one. Do you have Do you have plans? You know what you're doing for your your picture come fall? Okay, so I was thinking of um, uh, doing a bowl cut, and then leaving <laughs> like, you know, like the Craig Ingalls kind of like <laughs> handlebars, and then keeping the sideburns on the side, and then bowl cut it. Um, we're trying to get like these uh, massive shades for the team, and I was going to try and see if I could get away with wearing those, and I probably won't in the photograph. But um, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to go for: bowl cut, and then keep them like handlebars, and then the sideburns, just for the just for the senior photo. I just thought, you know what, what, what can uh, annoy the coaches the most, and I think that would be pretty up there. I actually cannot wait until that picture comes out. I'll be I'll be counting down the days on my calendar until the uh, Wisconsin team pictures come out. That's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we uh, you know, we're a running podcast. We try not to get too much into the nitty gritty of things, right? Into breaking down races and stuff like that. But let's let's touch upon some races a little bit. All right. So you're coming off of uh, outdoor nationals. Favorite for the race. Just came short of the W. Uh, awesome race, and it was an awesome season for you. But I was just wondering a little bit about, you know, you're a former national champ in the 1500. What sticks with you longer, a, a big win like that, a big championship win, or a, uh, a loss like you had this weekend? Which, which, is, which sticks with you longer? I think, I think the loss sticks with me longer. I think, I think the, win was, the win was exciting. Um, it definitely shocked a lot of people, including myself. And then, yeah. I've never been in the position of where I've had a whole season of just being having that target on your back, you know, like especially going yeah. to the indoors in the market. But I think that's a good thing because, you know, you learn from those races. Like you can look at it and analyze it for a hundred million times in your head the next that night. But then the next day you kind of figure it out and like, okay, um, this is what I want to work on next time. And I'm excited to have that opportunity. So it was a pretty awesome experience. And it definitely gave me um, stuff to learn of to be, in that position and when you put that target on your back, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, can we, if you don't mind, I'd love to break it down a little bit. So we always talk about how we love when people take like the mile or the 15 out hard. Like we're sick of seeing, you know, the the chill 1200 and the best 400. Yeah, yeah. It. So you guys went out on 58, thanks to your part. That was so yeah. exciting, especially as a guy who was like betting on you. But just as a track and field fan, it was, yeah. it was awesome. So was that the game plan going into it or was that just like the adrenaline coming over you? No, that was the game plan. I actually, the one thing I, I, I kind of messed up my game plan. Um, I wanted to push the pace because I knew if I made it honest, um, I could break some guys. And that, that strength just from, going, like, that 17, 
I just try to back myself because finishing 17th in cross, not having any injuries, and then all that strength going into outdoor 1500, I was thinking, like, I'm strong enough to hang on. Um, I should just keep going. And what happened was I went through, I hit a hard pace, and what I should have done is kept going, just maybe hit another 59, and then just hurt, like, keep hurting them. But um, unfortunately, I kind of um, let the whole meet get the better of me a little bit, and I kind of stepped it back a little bit. And uh, I think that's what kind of did my legs, um, just that back and forth bit and have, being at the front and having that kind of, um, I don't know, kind of that momentum at the front with the with people behind you chasing you, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was definitely the plan, you know, to try and make it honest. I mean, every race, after big tens, every race that I um, kind of went into, I just kind of tried to take control of it, trying to make it honest. And I think I kind of took pride in, in taking like each heat that I was in um i was taking seven guys through and i kind of took pride in that i was thinking like you know we're going to take seven guys through we're going to run faster than the, the heat before you know and i Hell think yeah. that was kind of exciting for me and, and it kind of gave me confidence so it's exciting it pretty for fans too man like we all love it when it goes out that hard and you like have that swagger and ferris so exciting for you exciting for the rest of us it, it was awesome but yeah it's awesome yeah yeah and you, you talk about you know like Track is such an interesting sport where it's like you have all these prelims and the trials and getting into it. And we yeah. see the same thing over and over again, right? These prelims, it's just like people are sitting around. So it's awesome to hear you talk about, um, you know, trying to get people, yeah. you know, we're not we're not going to mess around in this prelim, right? Like we're going to go after it and everyone's going to run fast here. Um, but it, it I, I guess it, that doesn't seem like the general culture of the sport. Like, like how do, how do no. we change that mentality that it's like, it's just about slipping in. It's not about going after it every race. Like, what? Do, how, how does? I guess for you, it's like when you're in this these big races, actually pushing the pace. But how do we change that mentality that this sport is like so sit and kick? I guess. Yeah, I think it's. I um the one thing I learned is, is actually watching the women. The women's fifteen hundred is one of the coolest races ever because some of those women know they're like, I know I don't have a good kick, so I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna go hard, and then if I get kicked out, I get kicked out. You know. And I think I have so much respect for that, um, especially with the women. And then with the men, um, I kind of use the phrase that um, it turns into a dick measuring contest where, like, most of the guys think, right, like, I can run a 4 by 4 I can run a 447 seconds, like, I can I can win this heat. But the thing is, like, it doesn't always work out like that, you know? Like, energy, um, it gets taken out of you in different ways. Sometimes you can get clipped. Sometimes you're on the outside for too long. Like, a lot of that energy can get drained pretty easily, and people don't realize that. And then they think, wow, I just didn't have my legs. Well, I think a lot of that is just because there's too much fooling around. There's too much mucking around, like trying to get in a position, people freaking out. Like I've learned that <clears throat> through my years of running in college. And I think now looking at it, just like going out and just having a solid start of the race, like a solid 60 seconds or 59 seconds, it just stops that. It stops all that fooling around. People kind of get in line. And then next thing you know, someone else might take the lead and, and join you. And I think, when people look at it, especially the people that have run faster times, they'll probably find that more attractive to go out like pretty hard and, and solid and, and try and make it hurt because um, you don't want to have. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of upsets um, making into the finals. Like to make a final in the NCAA for the 59 tough, and a lot of the guys that were doing so well throughout the season, um, for example, Carlos Villarreal, like he just didn't have the legs that last 100 meters. Um, I watched his interview and he interviewed very well. He's very honest. And, and cool guy, and he, he just pretty much said that he didn't have his legs, but I watched the race, he was just on the outside, he got clipped a little bit, and he lost momentum, like, if he was in a faster race, it would have definitely helped him, so, 
I think that culture hopefully can change with more guys being confident in their strength um, and just not so much of the sit and kick situation. Yeah. And I, I think you can change that. Like you said, uh, people, you're watching the women's 1500 and you see the woman that recognize where their strengths are and they make yeah. the move that works for them. And I'm sure people are watching you going out. Um, you know, even the announcers on TV are talking about it, you know, you know, whore from Wisconsin taking this out faster than we expected type of thing. So people yeah. see that and the success you've had and it can have an impact. So we're rooting for you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think it's, I think it's, a, uh, it's definitely a cool thing. And to have that kind of, uh, clash back between runners to run fast, it can also produce some fast times. And I think that would be a cool thing to have the 1500 just increase. Like, um, I mean, the 800 is insane at the moment, the NCAA, I mean, Bryce, um running incredible times like he's just pushing that pace he's making sure he wins every race like that um will bring out talent and will bring out people to run fast and i think we can do that with a 15 too you know to get people running 337 just consistently and next thing you know people are running that and people are going wow or like we have six guys running under 338 that's insane and i think that can happen yeah definitely all right so ollie i gotta get down to the bottom of something here why do we run the mile and indoor and the 15 and outdoor that is the dumbest thing it's, it's the it's the only event that that flip-flops like that from indoor and yeah. outdoor and it's like it, it, you can't compare indoor and outdoor seasons because it's a whole different event like what the hell's going on there like i don't understand I, it i don't know like i mean coming from the metric system you guys love the mile you really love the mile. <laughs> you don't want to let go of it and i appreciate it i mean like to have races um it's it's different um and i kind of respect that um, I respect that indoor men- like mentality of running the mile and then going into the 1500. Um, I mean, Milrose Games to me was probably one of the greatest races. That and Pent Relays. But Milrose Games was incredible. And that mile will always be like a traditional mile sort of thing. So I can understand that. My only thing with it is the NCAA should have a 1500 meter split for every championship race, just so we know like where we are. Yeah. It's such a, sure. Like it's so hard to like, because when you, I mean, it's obviously different running indoors, but like, if you're getting a similar mark to where you think you are, then it kind of gives you an idea of what you're going into when you run the 1500 and outdoors. Because most guys are running, okay, I ran a 403 mile. Like, what does that convert for me for 1500? Like, if they had that 1500-minute split, guys would have more of an idea of where they are. And it kind of might help for a peace of mind situation of where they are, you know? So, sure. I'd say keep the mile, just put a 1500-minute split in it. And then, like, because, I mean, traditional, traditional mile is kind of cool. I think that's cool. But yeah, put a 1500 meter split in it so we know where we are going into outdoors. So Ollie, are you a better miler or are you a better 1500? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I mean, I ran a 354 mile this season and I ran a 337 uh, 1500 this season. I mean, both PRs, but I think the, 50, the 354 mile was kind of crazy. Uh, running that with Yamaha Kicholga and Craig Ingalls and Josh Kerr, like some crazy guys. Um, I'd say for me personally, I want to say I'm better at the 1500, but, um, oh, wow. I got some summer racing to do to hopefully to prove that right. Um, but I mean, I, would say 1500. Yeah. Well, that's just because you're a metric system guy. You're yeah, over yeah. in Australia, yeah, yeah. but so, you, you know, what? every, every American, if, if they're telling themselves that we shouldn't go to the, the metric system, then they're kidding themselves. I mean, we should, um, yeah. but the problem is. If you go to the average person down the street and tell them that you ran a, you know, a 336, 1500, that means nothing to them. But if you tell them that you ran a 354 mile, that means something. So I guess from the perspective of trying to grow the sport, 
right? And trying to get people more excited about the sport. Yeah. The mile is something that people can understand, at least here in America, right? I mean, like, obviously, we can't speak for the people over in Australia and Europe and stuff like that. But here, trying to get people excited, I feel like like we need to focus on the mile. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think the thing is the same. Like, I noticed a lot of people ask, well, what's your 40-yard dash for some of the sprinters? Yeah. And they they say, oh, it's the same thing. Like, it's just a football, uh, I don't know, it's football, do a 40-yard dash or something. But, like, it's interesting that, like, like you you have to kind of say, I'll run this, which is this kind of like compare and contrast but i feel like um yeah it's staying with the metric system staying with the mile especially for ncaa's which is a you know it's the american college system you got to stay with the mile i think but then 1500 makes sense i mean like it gives people the opportunity to run world qualifiers olympic standards um things like that you know yeah yeah because i know swimming has that issue like they're still in yards but they can't like they don't swim in metric system which means a lot of their times don't go through um, for like Olympic and world trials, so we're lucky with that. But yeah, definitely keep the mile. The mile's cool. I really like it. Yeah, it's so ridiculous with it, but I'm one of the guys like I love it. Like I love just being different for the sake of being different. Yeah. Mile, keep measuring stuff in yards and feet and ridiculous <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fahrenheit all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Even Celsius. So I'm I'm actually surprised, Ollie, that you said that you're better at the 1500 because me and Trent were kind of talking offline earlier, and yeah, you, you know, a, a lot of these guys who consider them mid distance distance guys, right, like 800, 1500 range, that's kind of their specialty, right? And they, you know, they'll do cross country, you know, maybe they get in shape or you know yeah. to help out the team as kind of like a sixth, seventh guy. Yeah. But you're kind of the odd case where you're a badass cross country runner too. Um, so like, how, how does that translate for you? How does the, the 1500 meter and cross country training like carry over and how, how do you make them both work all in one season? Um, I think honestly it's, it's, um, it's good coaching and it's, it's good teammates. And I mean, I think for me, like I came in as a cross country runner, um, originally and then ran a couple of 1500s, ran fast 1500s. And then from there, I've just been able to be able to keep that range, um, and I think a lot of it's to do with strength. Um, I mean, a lot of our work that we do, uh, especially Morgan and I, is a lot of tempos, a lot of hill work. We try and keep off the track as much as possible. And I think um, just staying consistent with mileage and being able to, like, hold on to that strength from cross-season. Like, you build it up for the summer. And, like, Morgan's an example of this um, as well as other guys. But, like, that strength from the summer and cross, it just – it can, like, it can kind of just – I mean, I like to describe it as a wave. I come from a coastal town, so I'm a bit of a surf nut. So, like, it's a wave. You, you, you pick up the swell from all that strength training and you catch, you roll the wave in and it just, it, it, the momentum just helps you. Like, it just helps with all the speed work that you do and it keeps you strong. And I think um, being able to have a strong cross-country season definitely helps you progress um, through track, especially in the more distance. I mean, Carlos Burial, um, another, I mentioned him before, he actually ran cross-national at Wisconsin, like, that's very impressive for a middle-distance guy, and a guy that's run, like, 146 to the 800, like, that's very impressive. Even Kerr, like, he made nationals across his last year, like, it just, um, I followed that, and I've noticed that, like, if you keep a strong cross-country season, stay healthy and consistent with your strength, it's going to really help you um, going through, especially in the middle distance, because the speed just, it'll come in time. 
yeah, I don't know how many times Mike and I, uh, we ran college cross country together. How many times our coach would preach with strength comes speed, with strength comes speed. I like the yeah. wave terminology better. That's like cooler than with strength comes <laughs> speed. But maybe I'll tell her that, give her, uh, you know, give her this interview and she can listen to it and have some new stuff. <laughs> athletes. Yeah. yeah, I like to think of it as a wave because like the wave builds up, the cold builds up, it's all our strength. And then the, like the higher the wall on the, on the wave, the faster you're going to get that speed. And it's going to come to you a lot quickly and adapt to you a lot better. So. Yeah. So is this the part of summer training, though, where I'm assuming you dropped your miles some, like, during, you yeah, know, yeah. Jack, is this when you got to start, you know, being, uh, being a cross-country runner again and building those miles back up? It will be, yeah. I'll be starting to build those miles up, get those tempos in. Um, but uh, I'm still going to be racing on the track, still going to be running some 1500s. Um, I'm hoping to run in Europe and, and around the States um, to get a qualifier for, uh, for Worlds, so I think once I get that done, if I do make Worlds, which is in September, October, I'll definitely be training for cross and, and 1500. I think I'm just going to like keep it simple and just uh, keep consistent mileage, get a bit of speed in, get a bit of hill work in, and just keep that strength. And then once um, uh, that opportunity obviously passes, then when it gets into the great cross season, I'm just going to be hitting tempos with the team, you know, with the, with the mates and just going after it i mean having fun with it like madison's a beautiful place to run in the fall um coming from a guy that only knows two seasons to a four season area it's pretty awesome so i'm looking forward to it getting that strength in yeah dude that's that is a brutal stretch you're talking about because you're competitive cross country runner right you're going the whole season you're going all the way to the nationals then indoor and outdoor you're taking the whole season you you have literally milked every second out of every season and then you got to keep training through this is yeah. the time of year that me and trent talk about this is bender season man like yeah this is when we this is it's, when we unleash like when are me. you taking your bender season trust me it's hard for an australian to admit this but, uh, <laughs> but uh i'm ta- i'm taking it right now actually i'm having a week of just doing what i feel like doing you know Good. relaxing um catching up with mates um yeah, I'm doing that right now, but um, I'm trying to. I'm thinking to myself, I'm sacrificing for this now because I know once it's all done, um, especially coming into after the season, I'll have a bit of a break to really, really enjoy myself. So that's what I'm. I'm trying to sacrifice for the greater good. It's really tough, but um, my <laughs> my brother back home, um, he's 19 and uh, he's been completely bombarding me. So my mates saying, when you're coming home, we got to have a drink. We got to you know have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, go for a surf but um, I'm kind of putting that on hold at the moment to try and um, achieve this um, what I've got got planned for the summer and then going into this last year so So did you have a chance to get home at all or are you gonna have a chance to get back to Australia anytime soon Um, I mean I'm planning to get back home during Christmas break so um, after indoor season I'll definitely go home um, and enjoy some time at home Um, but other than that I usually go home now actually this summer but um, I've not going home just just because the i mean it's a 17 hour flight from dallas which is where i have to fly into from madison so it's a long flight and it's a lot of recovery time (laughs) from those flights um so i think for me personally i'm just gonna just enjoy the summer here and then um, look forward to going home in christmas break which is for us back in australia summertime so that'll be when there'll be a bit of fun going on so y'all are so backwards down there (laughs) yeah i know yeah i know (laughs) So, <laughs> use the metric system. We're weird. Yes, Celsius and yes, Celsius and your mates. <laughs> and your mates. And so your speaking mates. of weird, that actually leads me good into my next question, right? So, uh, you know, obviously being a distance runner in college, a distance runner in high school, all my friends growing up, 
are runners. Those are the people I surrounded myself with. And uh, man, dude, runners are some weird people, right? Like some strange people. Some of the, some of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. In my life, but also the craziest, weirdest people I've ever met. Is that just the people I'm surrounding myself with, or down at Wisconsin are they are they whack jobs too? No, whack jobs, absolutely. I, yeah, they always, <laughs> they've all got a screw loose somewhere. Um, it's a lot of fun though because I feel like with this type of sport, it brings a certain personality. That's a lot of fun to watch, and yeah. uh, we've got a great uh, kind of group going at the moment. Just the culture and the team's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of banter and a lot of you yeah, fooling around, and just like weird guys, like this. <laughs> super weird like to the point where you think like we should film this crap man like you know like how netflix is just coming out with all these random just documentaries about <laughs> yeah random. like if you filmed a college team got some good personalities good chemistry in this college team and you film them for just a week of like their day-to-day lives i'm telling you right now make great tv because it's like sure it would. it's weird which ha- and i i'm sure you guys know that too from your personal life knowing your mates but it, it definitely agree with you the weird personalities a lot of fun though like it's never a dull moment, um, especially in the locker room, especially with the boys at Wisconsin. So yeah, we have so a my, lot of fun. So my mate over here, Trent, wearing his bathrobe, he's the guy on the team who just never likes to wear clothes. Who's the guy on your team who just doesn't wear clothes? Morgan McDonald. Is it? Oh, man, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so the, the thing is, so, I mean, Morgan, Morgan and I, um, a couple of other boys, very, very free with ourselves. We enjoy to walk around and frolic in our own you know, <laughs> our, own, our own selves. And, uh, You're speaking his language. <laughs> and, and I tell you one thing, when freshmen come in, there's no, oh, keep it conservative, no. First day, Morgan will walk around the locker room all hanging loose, <laughs> you know? And, like, the freshmen will get a bit shocked, especially internationals that aren't used to it. He'll walk around, he won't care, and then eventually, a couple of weeks later, they're all doing it. So he's converting <laughs> them all to being nudists, um, which is kind of fun. But fun fact with Morgan, like, he's very, very, you know, comfortable and relaxed with his body. And then drug testing, very pee-shy. So, oh. um, which, is quite mm. a, which is kind of funny because it's the other way around. You'd never think it. But um, he's the one that likes to get naked in the group. And uh, we all have fun with that because we get naked too. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's converting everyone into, into nudists. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, uh, you I get up with him well, Trent. I should have went to Wisconsin yet. Yeah, I can't believe I'm telling this story on the podcast, but I won't go into full detail. But I remember being a recruit and going on recruiting visits and, yeah. like, people would have to get changed or whatever after, you know, go for a run with everybody. And, like, the kids, I remember these, like, couple of these kids, they, like, left the room to go to, like, a stall and get changed and come back. And I was like, I can't go here. I just can't go here. This is cool. <laughs> I tell it you what. That school off the list. Yeah, the kid, I, the I kids wearing bathing suits too. in the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, that doesn't happen, and not nah, like <laughs> I experienced that too coming over here. I had a couple of schools I visited where um, it was kind of like that, and then coming to Wisconsin, everyone was just like through their they threw they throwing around their pants and clothes everywhere. It's just going everywhere, and then they're all running into the bathroom butt naked. Like it's just awesome, <laughs> and like the conversations, and like I mean, we could solve we could solve all the problems of the world in the shower stalls. Like you guys know that, right? Like. Yeah, all the stuff time, we man. talk about, like, we get in there. Once we have, like, a good group going, it'll take, like, 45 minutes to get out of the shower because we all have a heated discussion about saving the world. And I tell you what, it's a lot of fun. But then when we get out of the shower, we just can't remember any of it. So so, so that's the thing. I think between long runs and shower time, oh, literally yeah. the greatest ideas on the planet are hatched. The problem is none of us ever follow through with them. They stay, no. they stay in the realms of the shower in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. 
We need to figure out a way to get them out because I tell you yeah. what, we could, we could change the world, man. Well, let's start recording your documentary. Yeah, Shou- shower time documentaries. <laughs> Audio. That's, uh, that's a great show. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Kind of to change subjects here, and it's along a similar type of subject that we always talk about, right? So we, every runner has been through the thing where they're out on a long run with their boys, right? Like maybe you're wearing your split shorts or something, you're going shirtless, and, you know, a bunch of teenagers drive by and they're screaming things at you and, and yeah. yelling dumb things. Um, and we're, we're of the, the opinion, right? If you come up with something original to yell at the runners on the side of the road, we're all for it. But the run forest runs or like the oh, homophobic yeah. slurs, like yeah. those are just kind of like we have no patience for that. Um, do you have any good stories and like how how do you how do you react when people yell dumb things at you? I mean, we react. We usually laugh or we say thank you. Um, <laughs> I remember I remember one point we got a homophobic slur and I was with a friend that is actually uh, he's gay, and like it was a bit upsetting and and I kind of knew it got to him. So what I did was I pulled my pants down because uh, the car was driving past and um and i kind of just said what'd you say and i pulled my pants down and then i heard the car kind of swerve a little bit and then it just kept driving but um the main reason to do that was to comfort my other friend who it did i think it did comfort him either that or he just thought you got a really small ass but um <laughs> i mean like i've had a couple of instances where that's happened but um i tell you one thing that my team's kind of they got got a kind of a quick wit like they'll they'll snap back and they'll be very suave about it um if they say anything like run for us run or anything like that you know they'll joke around about not crashing and and getting off your phone and stuff like that because like people sometimes video us or they they throw things at you like yep yeah but um i mean like yeah that's the only thing i've noticed with the homophobic slurs is that if it happens the boys will usually like taunt them a little bit so good so, yeah. I always think to play, yeah, play it up. I blow a kiss, you know. I, yeah, I exactly. Yeah. I say, hey, cutie, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's way more fun with your group of other, you know, half naked men running around rather than it's just like by yourself and you're like, you know, yeah, you're like out of shape. Yeah. yeah. Especially because it's no fun because you're not having talks about saving the world, you know. So yeah, when I you're know. by yourself, you're kind of just like, oh, I mean, That's right. yeah. we got to get. I've got to say, just to go back and team shower thing, I don't mean to back, <laughs> but I think, like, the lasting impression I made at Stonehill College where we went was I started team showers with a couple of my other teammates, and Mike was one of the very first there as well. Um, but, like, our core was, like, team shower is a must. Or, or what Yeah, you, I mean, you know, it's the, the most exciting thing. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's the most exciting thing about after the run is, like, we all – and the funny thing is you notice it. I mean, in our locker room personally, you notice that boys will wait. Like, they'll roll out, they'll stretch, they'll overstretch, they'll overroll out, and yeah. they'll wait. And then when someone makes a signal, pants are dropped, everyone's running in the shower. So, it's pretty yeah, awesome. I don't, yeah, I, I don't trust anybody who doesn't uh, indulge in team shower. <laughs> Me You don't trust yeah. them. No, I agree. I think, that, I think that's something we can all agree on. Yeah, we, uh, my high school, My high school friends and I play high school basketball. We have an alumni basketball game every year. comes back, like, right over Thanksgiving. And it's, like... 45 minutes max of playing basketball and then like an hour and a half of team shower and like the old high school showers. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so good. You're in there and we're like drinking beers, hanging out in the shower. It's the best. Yeah. Nothing beats that. That's that nothing beats that. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. So Trent, I got I got one more question before we gotta go to our game. Do you have anything else that you wanna you wanna ask before we get into it? 
Yeah, real quick. Um, Australia's playing Brazil in the Women's World Cup <laughs> tomorrow. Um, oh. Give me some insider information here. I need to know who I'm betting on. Yeah, who, who okay, we... so we, we had a devastating loss against Italy. I don't know what happened. We were up 1-0, and we just kind of, I don't know. I, we need to win this game. I mean, my, my personal opinion is I, I would pick Australia um, only because we've got something to lose now. I think Brazil will be too complacent. Um, but, um, I mean, like, we should have won that Italy game. That was a – we really stuffed them up there. And I think there's two ways it can go for our Aussie girls is that we either go um, we either go up and we, we fight the Brazilians or we go down. And I think we're going to go up. We, we never quit. That's not part of the mentality coming from Australia. So, I would bet on the Australian girls. But uh, I tell you what, the American girls are doing very well. Jeez. God. 12 They're to nothing. They killed it. I'm but yeah, not looking forward to that training. game if Australia versus America, man. It's going to be tough. But, I don't uh, know. Yeah, that was... I, picked, I picked the Aussie girls. That that's good enough for me. I think uh, I think after this we'll probably have to talk a little bit about how much we're gonna dangle on that game, right? And and if we lose, we'll just Venmo request Ollie to uh, to yeah. cover the cover yeah, the bad I'll, info I'll he gave us. I'll cover it. I'll pay you in uh, I'll pay you in Australian currency too. That'll work out. Well. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our game here, Ali, I got one last question. This is something we ask all of our guests, right? So a big thing we're trying to do on this podcast is right change the culture of running change the yep. perception that runners are all nerdy self self-absorbed people um try and get people interested in following the sport so what can we do what can you do what can we all do collectively to get people more excited about this sport what is it about this sport that's stopping it from getting more mainstream than it is i think obviously honestly for my personal opinion is it's a, it's the advertising of it i think um i look into so I have an example personally with Wisconsin. Like, uh, we have a, a communications guy that's really, really good. And um, but the kind of the whole system of like the football, the basketball, the volleyball, like all that those collegiate sports, they have great social media, and they really, really like they sell you the sport. Like, come and watch it. They sell it to you. With us, we don't really have that, and I feel like we just started working on it now, and it looks a lot like it looks a lot more interesting. It, it doesn't look like you know, very kind of walking around, like it's everything's all good, happy. We want to kind of make it a bit gritty and a bit yeah. meaningful. And I think he's done that with the social media. And um, it's kind of cool. Like some of the videos that we're trying to like get out. And I know like Oregon does a lot, like a lot of other schools are pumping out those videos. And I think to me personally, once you go to a track and field meet, like you're already there, you're sold. I think when you watch those talent, like the NCAA, when you watch those races, you're sold. The, the, the whole battle to change this kind of perception is to get them there. And I think yep. advertising is a big factor of getting people there and getting people excited about going to watch track because people think about it as like, oh, that sounds boring, like running around the laps, but you get invested in it. Like me personally, I get super invested in the decathlon and the heptathlon. If you follow the points and like the rankings and how close you can get between a, like, a, like a centimeter or a meter Mm-hmm. or like a like a meter in a in a running race like it's such an entertaining thing to watch and like different people's strengths and weaknesses like it's a lot of fun um watching those incredible races and the relays the distances tactically um going out hard and like i think it makes it exciting once you get there it's the advertising that matters and um cool. once we get that sorted and we get kind of that you know like advertising of getting people i know excited and and kind of making it a bit gritty i think that would change the perception, in my opinion, of like, oh, cool, like track will be fun to watch because I want to see how this will go. Like, 
the you know the rivalry between schools or competitors. I think that that will come through with with that advertising. Yeah. Hell yeah! Very cool. Yeah, I think the advertising goes right along with a theme we talk about accessibility too. You talk about like getting people yeah. there, or just like once you advertising it, then giving people an easy way to view it. If you're you're trying to watch things, you know, uh, on your computer or on television and things, and then even when you watch it on ESPN, it's it's very like kind of dull. It's just kind of like you're hopping from event to event. You know, you talk about the nitty gritty, uh, kind of like the storylines that you could be playing up like against two. Yeah and things like that it's really yeah. not featured when you're watching these no. like national events no. i think the cool thing is is like uh like diamond leagues diamond leagues do it really well like my yeah. my i know i know people back in australia don't know anything about track and field they'll watch diamond league races because you learn about like this the, the commentating is amazing the, obviously the they do it so professionally well there but like you learn about different people like people want to watch Casa Semenya run 800 people want to watch Jacob Ingebrigtsen run a 1500 they want to watch Kachelga run a 5k like it just giving them that personal touch and like getting that grittiness about like where they're coming from um, what they're racing like i feel like yeah the um, ESPN and NCAA like they can definitely build on that and i think it will make it much more appealing and exciting um, yeah cool cool all right so we're going to get into it now. This is a game right. we play with all of our uh, guests. We call it Down the Home Stretch, right? And we're going to put time on the clock, 90 seconds on the clock, and we're going to ask you rapid-fire questions. And uh, we, we pick a topic for all of our guests. And for you, we centered around, um, you know, kind of the dynamic duo you guys got there at Wisconsin with you and Morgan McDonald, right? <laughs> so we're going yeah. to um, we're gonna, we're gonna list a bunch of other dynamic duos, and we want you to tell us uh, – which one is Morgan and which one is yourself within oh, that yeah. dynamic oh, duo? Yeah. All, right. Uh, all right. All right. So, Trent, why don't you start us off? The time will start on your first question. All right. The first one that I got here, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Who's who? Um, oh, Morgan's definitely Jay-Z. I'm Beyonce. <laughs> the looks. All right. All right. So, uh, we got Batman versus Robin. I would be Robin. Morgan's Batman. He's oh, got okay. more of a gritty, gritty undertone. Yeah. All right. I'll give him that. Big Patriots podcast here. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Um, uh, I'll give Morgan Tom Brady. I, I'm more of a Bill Belichick, yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right, so we got uh, Tom and Jerry. Oh, jeez. I'm definitely Tom. He's Jerry. He's conniving. <laughs> He's a conniving bugger, yeah. Yeah. I got another celebrity couple. I think they broke up, but Kanye West, Kim Kardashian. Oh, okay. If I don't give Morgan Kanye, I'm not going to be able to let, let in the house again. So I'll go with Kimmy, I'll go with Kimmy Kardashian. I mean, I've always wanted a, an ass like that, so I'll go with Kimmy Kardashian. <laughs> All right, I got SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Star. Um, I'm Patrick, definitely. Morgan SpongeBob, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Australian theme here. Steve Irwin and any crocodile. Um, I'm Steve Irwin. Morgan's any crocodile you want. Any crocodile he can be, I'm Steve Irwin. <laughs> you sound he's more. He's not getting away from me. Morgan's not. He, he might be graduating, but he's not getting away from me. So <laughs> he's definitely the crocodile. All right, we got Shrek and Donkey. Oh, um, I think I'm Donkey. I'm a bit of an ass, so um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's Shrek. All right, I got Kangaroo Jack, and then the uh, the fat guy in the movie. I don't know his name, but the main character. Oh, I'll be the fat guy in the movie. Morgan's Kangaroo Jack. I'm definitely the fat guy in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Um, Morgan's LeBron. I'm Michael Jordan. Yeah. All right. 
Ooh, greatest of all time. Very well. There you yeah. go. Trent, this is our last one. Time's running down. Oh, last one. There's a lot of pressure on this one. Um, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, I do, yeah. Okay, Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, okay. Um, damn it. Okay, um, I'm going to be Daenerys. Morgan can be Jon Snow. He's, he's, he's got the darker complexion, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd do well with dragons. I think I'd do very well with dragons. Your hair kind of has the same in the light, you know? It's got yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely see it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. uh, unreal. Oh, man, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with uh, qualifying for Worlds and running Thank for Australia. You. Good luck Thank in your you. cross-country season coming up. And, uh, hey, we helped Trent out and win him a bet and, uh, and win uh, some national championships in indoor and outdoor. Hey. Trent, I got you, man. That's my plan. That's my plan. I'm looking forward to it. Um, thank you very much for having me, guys. I love what you're doing with this. This is awesome. So I'm very, very privileged to be a part of it. Thanks. Cool. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. And so now that 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 Ollie's been on P2E, um, he's pretty much guaranteed a national championship now. So we're gonna be we're gonna be cheering for him. Um, you know, we are heading into the uh, 2019 cross country season and 2020 track season. I think it. I think we can say that we are big time, uh, big time Wisconsin Badger fans. We're big time Australia fans. So we're gonna be we're gonna be cheering for them. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm happy that uh, Trent. Hopefully, maybe we'll now be able to pronounce Ollie's name. Um, <laughs> and now, uh, you know, now we have cool slang terms like you know I'm hanging out with my mates. Um, so. Yeah, just I feel like I I'm just a more educated person after talking to Ollie. Yeah, you just you feel smarter, don't you? Yeah, I, I do. I more, do. Yeah, more worldly. Um, so Mike Mike mentioned earlier that we uh, our biggest rival is technology, and that might be true. Um, but from the looks of it, we got a new we got a new rival in the podcast game. Um, you know we uh, you know if only there was a if there was only a podcast out there that uh, was lighthearted and like talked about uh, drinking beer and, and running. You know. Yeah, Steve, I'm I'm a little worried because I wish like I, I don't know, I honestly wish that we thought of this idea like having a podcast <laughs> that like doesn't take running too seriously and like tries to combine like drinking and running and like you know all that good stuff like talk about beer miles and like cool stuff like that like it, I, if we had thought about that we would be crushing it and now. Like I, we might we probably should just stop podcasting. Just um, yeah. I, I, like I think we're we're in some trouble um, now that like that original idea is out there and into the world, uh, and yeah, you, you know, there's nothing we can do. It's a steamroller now. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not gonna say the name of the podcast because you know I'm not giving out any free ads. But if you really like podcasts that sound like you know talk about running and drinking it sounds like it should be on NPR I'm sure you'd, you'd love that podcast so um, anyways uh we got to get to work it is early in the morning and guys I'm I, I thought of this during the during the NCAA uh, track and field championship I'm going to change this final segment from final thoughts to the bell lap so we're going to start Ooh, I like it with, yeah so maybe I can put a little so we're going to start the the bell lap with Trent uh, do you have any have any final thoughts, or are you just a hot mess over there still? <laughs> I'm still a hot mess. I'm trying to determine whether I want to finish the cup of whiskey, uh, pour myself a cup of coffee. Maybe I should go for a run right now. I'm up. I you know totally woke my girlfriend up and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it be nice and short and just uh, and pass it on, guys. And, and I got to figure out what I'm doing with my life because I have a lot of a lot of things to figure out. Yeah. 
Mike, what do you got for the people on the bell lap here? So Steve got us all fired up for cross country earlier, and that's awesome. Like, right, we all can't wait for it. But I just want to plug that we do have one more track championship coming our way in a month. It's July 27th, and it is the USA Track and Field Championship, right? And I love following the college. I love doing all that. But uh, I'm thinking in a month we should reconvene, and uh, I need to win my money back from Trent. So I think we we get another little game going, and I think at that point we'll be at the part of the summer where kind of all the busyness is move forward. We need to get a watch party going for that. Absolutely need to get a watch party. I agree. So all of our loyal listeners, let's make it happen. July 27th, USA Track and Field Championships. Let's get our boy Bryce to Worlds. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I got for the Bell Lab. Writing it down right now. I'm going to put that on my calendar. I'm excited for that. Um, This is a lighthearted podcast. I'm sorry I got to bring the mood down a little bit at the end, but it's something that that I I do want to talk about. the, the the running world uh, lost a, a great runner, a great competitor, an even better person this week in Gabe Greenwald. Great, Gabe was a um, she ran for the University of Minnesota and she was a she was a Brooks beast and she lost her battle to cancer this week. Um, Gabe was just an absolute animal out there on the track. Her her win in the three k indoors was one of my favorite races of all time. Um, I, I don't know if, if anybody really remembers that race, but um, she she was able to win that against some of the top runners in the country with a she had a, a devastating kick. Um, mm-hmm. So she came down the finish line and she actually it was actually a disputed win by Alberto Salazar and they actually stripped wow. her title from her um, because everybody for some reason worships Alberto Salazar. Um, but there was nothing illegal about it. She ended up getting it back. But um, not only did she win the race, but she stuck it to, to a guy like Alberto Salazar that thinks he, you know, completely runs runs the sport. Um, but that was so that's one of my favorite races of all time. But um, big loss for the for the running community. Um, she like I said, she was a great runner and even better person. So our thoughts and prayers are with are with her family. So amen to that. So, Sorry to bring the mood down a little bit at the end of the podcast, but it but it needed you know it's something I, I definitely wanted to mention because we are a running podcast. But anyways, good work, boys. We we got up we got up early. We got the podcast out to the people. We keep rise grinding. and grind, rise and grind. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a. Can you hear music in the background? I definitely Where the hell are you? I'm at a hotel. I'm trying to find a spot. The lobby was like brutal for uh, talking real loud, and I'm sharing a room with Megan. So I'm like on the parking lot, just trying to like get to a good spot. Trent, you there, bud? Do you have a car you can go sit in? 
Yeah, I should have thought of that. But what's what's wrong with the lobby trend? It's just like there's like music and stuff. You're probably better off with the music than the uh, than the wind. Probably after a while. Alright, I'm just gonna try and go to like a corner. Yeah. Just, gonna, yeah. just go sit in a closet somewhere. Go to like the ladder well, Trent. Or the stairwell. Oh, I did. You look like you're having yourself a morning there, Trent. Dude, I also fucked up the time zones again. <laughs> I woke up to your phone call. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm a hot mess right now. How far away are you from your room? It's like two minutes. Let me just take that. Right. She, she said I could. Now it's trying to be nice. Trent keeps taking snapshots of this. <laughs> he, he just took a million pictures, Trent. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting Skype notifications on my phone like crazy. Trent took snapshot, Trent took snapshot, Trent took snapshot. Alright, I'm hanging up on the drive back. Alright, here we go. Sorry guys. Let's just do it. Alright, let's let's do it. And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting for you to take and drink up. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages. Clapping, felt the desert burn.